<laughs> what up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Indie Analysis. Today, we're going to be talking about the Miami Heat. I'm your host, Jonathan Vidline. And I am Al J. Payton. And today, we got returning special guest Max Winslow on the show today to talk about Miami. How are you doing, Max? Doing good. First day of school today, you know, getting it out of the way. Big senior yeah. year. Big so. senior and so for all of you new um, Pick and Roll podcast listeners, you may recognize this guy from the Hot Wings episode. Oh, what a gem of an episode that was. Max was our special guest yeah. there. Gotta I still have all the hot sauces in my fridge. I, some I actually of them were them. good, bro. Some of them no, were good. No, I used bro. I used one yeah, on my egg, uh, on my egg sandwich this morning before school. So yeah. especially double. Is, is the... That was my favorite. No, 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 no. For no, you, no, you no, try no. to bomb. You didn't bro. try that. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, bro. You stopped on like number six. Uh, no, I used to, it was like number. It was the barbecue sauce one. You remember that? It was yeah. like no, that was extra like barbecue sauce, one. but it was like yeah. hot. It was yeah. good. Yeah, it's solid. But nonetheless, let's get to Miami Heat, Fred. Real quick, quick disclaimer, guys. I know, I know we've been getting comments left and right. People are DMing us. People are mailing us letters. Guys, what happened to Jonathan? Why wasn't he here last episode? Guys, don't worry. I'm back. There is don't no worry. With the red LED lights on Demon Time. <laughs> hey, listen. Today we're talking great, about the where the black, heat, where the so... black force is at, bro. Where the black force. Is at. at least you can tell the time in my background, and it don't look like a boy. <laughs> Whatever. It's good to have you back, guys. I missed you. Now that we got out of the way, let's go south of the border. The South wait, Beach. <laughs> wait a minute. South Beach. South of the border. <laughs> south of the border. Wait, what? <laughs> south Beach. Border. South Beach. South Beach, Miami, on Wade Avenue. Let's talk about the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat were number one in the East, actually, with a record of 53-29, and 29, coached by NBA championship winning Eric Spolstra. Man, I used to hate that dude back when, like, LeBron was there. I used to hate him. Anyways, yeah. but he's a changed man because LeBron isn't on the team anymore or they don't <laughs> longer have a super team. But this this roster consisted of Kyle Lowry at the one, and they got Max Struess at the shooting guard, very underrated shooter, very very underrated player in my opinion. We can get into that later though. Then you got Jimmy Buckets, PJ Tucker, and Bam at the starting five. Then off the bench, you got Victor Oladipo, and then reigning Sixth Man of the Year winner, not by a wide margin, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, elite. Elite shooter in the league. Then you got Caleb Martin and Dwayne Dedman at the backup four and five. Real quick, I just want to say something real quick before we talk about any on-court antics or off-court antics. I just want to talk about one definite positive about this Miami guy. I like to consider myself a positive guy, so I hope you guys don't mind <laughs> me kind of gassing up the Miami Heat a little bit. And this is something that I feel like any good, any solid NBA fan can appreciate is the culture there. The culture in the NBA is something that's really not looked at, really not something thought of a lot, but it's something that like was a big part of the reason why the Heat were so successful in the regular season this year was their culture. And what I mean by this, the culture is what they got going on from top to bottom of the roster all of them are on the same page. All of them are on the same page on the, in terms of go out there, give it their all, blood, sweat, and tears on the court, 
have your brother's back no matter what. Go it, Whether that means you fight the other team, meet them outside the locker room, whatever. Your teammates are your brothers. You're diving for every loose ball. Like, this team was fun to watch in that sense where they're so tight-knit. It's a brotherhood, and they're giving it. They're all on the court. Yeah, kind of going off of that, you see teams like the Golden State Warriors who are like the essence of basketball and management culture. They, they're they a championship organization, and I think their culture with Jeremiah Green, Steph Curry, all those guys who are who kind of buy into both sides of the ball to the entire aspect of being humble but also playing your A game every single game, every single time you can. I think that's just the essence of championship basketball, and other teams should aspire to be like that. I, see, I think Cleveland is definitely building the culture of Darius and Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. So I'm definitely excited for Miami, and their culture has definitely been a tribute to Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolcher and Pat Riley. So uh, good yeah. point there. Yeah, for, I forgot yeah. about those two. Before I get into what I've got, uh, the reason Jimmy Butler is such a good fit on the Heat is really because of what Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra have developed in the, over the past decade. I mean, you look at they've won three championships in the past decade or two. Um, that's all attributed to what they've built there. So, Jimmy, that's why Jimmy Butler is really such a good fit. So on the for all the court stuff, I'm going to go over some positives of the Heat. Obviously, they are an extremely good three-point shooting team, number one in the league last year, 37.5%. Um, yeah, I mean – when you've got people like that built around Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, both of those guys contributing to that, uh, it makes things pretty easy in terms of uh, kicking out of the pick and roll, drive and kick, even transition threes, which is becoming more and more reality in the NBA today, uh, makes it pretty easy uh, to get buckets that way. Um, you know, they lacked a little bit offensively uh, with uh, only averaging 110 points per game. But where they really shine was their defensive rating. I mean, that's like we talked about earlier, they're great in determination really is what carried them. They're a solid defensive team, but you've got guys like Duncan Robinson, who's, he's almost a liability on defense, but, and he's, he's still getting, he didn't get significant minutes in the postseason, but in the regular season, he's still uh, in the rotation. So you got guys like that who are almost a liability and they've still got that high of a defensive rating. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Obviously when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler leading your team, he's going to hold his teammates accountable. And, you know, Kyle Lowry out there taking charges, giving it his all real scrappy. Mm-hmm. And I had a bio top five, center of the league probably in my opinion the most the best defensive center of the league right now i mean it depends where you put Giannis at but you know in my opinion he's he's one of the better ones obviously you got pj tucker i'm pretty sure they just lost him last offseason but i mean that's a guy that was valued in houston for a while everywhere he goes he makes a an impact when he's on the bucks like he's in there he's scrapping i mean he's got 7.6 per, points per game but you know that's not really his role he plays his role really well and then you got max Struess. Three and, traditional three and D guy right now in the NBA. That's a really, really good starting five. And then you got guys coming off the bench. I mean, I know I said Duncan Robinson's almost a liability, but obviously there's not going to be many times. And all five of these guys are on the floor together. Victor Oladipo is a scrapper. I mean, he knows that he's got something like to fight for at this point in his career, right? And I think you yeah. could really see that in the playoffs when he got in the game. Like he's out there giving it his all because he has to prove himself at this point. Tyler Hero, obviously. Not the best on defense, but he's going to get out there and give you everything he has because that's just part of the culture like we talked about earlier. Yes. Caleb Martin, Dwayne, Deadman. I mean, both those guys are solid on defense as well. Mostly end-of-the-bench rotation guys and then the rest of them. I mean, you put them in, they'll probably give it their best, but nothing to like significant to note there. Yeah. Another thing that I think I want to highlight is their assist per game. I mean, they're eighth in the NBA, but that's a lot of what made them tick this season, I feel like. When you yeah. talk about their three-point percentage, I mean, the drives and kicks off the pick and rolls, like I mentioned earlier, you've got a team where, I mean, I'm sure almost all of their three-pointers were assisted off of, uh, if not the majority of them a game. 
Um, then, I mean, their defensive rating, even though after I just boasted about them, five in the league. It's still top five in the league, you know what I mean? Net rating of six. So that's all solid stuff when you're coming in as number one seed as well. That means you're obviously valuing the regular season, which we're seeing is not really working with super teams nowadays in the NBA. You look, I mean, just look at the Clippers with their load management. It hasn't worked. They've had, obviously, they've had injuries, but you've got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the same team, and they haven't made they haven't made it to the NBA championship yet. Uh, obviously, they have some really promising young talent with uh, – that hybrid center wing they just picked up in the first round. I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name. It's Nikola. What is it, Alan? Nikola Jovic. Yeah, Jovic. I just Jovic. I was just going to say the Joker's name because it looks so similar. <laughs> but, I mean, you've got a guy like that where he's got comparisons to Bojan Bogdanovic and uh, Hito Turkoglu back in the day. That's someone who's going to work really well into their scheme. And what they do is you get a three-point shooter, and his offensive game is really polished for a rookie. And that's partially becomes because if he comes from overseas, he's already played professionally, even though he's just a teenager. So you're going to get stuff like that. Uh, he lacks a little bit on the defensive side just because he's kind of a tweener. He mm-hmm. played small forward and more almost of a guard position, even though he's 6'11", because he has a pretty solid ball handle. He would work out of the pick and roll a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now the Heat are going to try to transition him into a center because that's where they need depth. They've only got Bam right now, basically. And if you can get a guy like Bam on the court, as well as this 6'11 guy who's athletic for a size, can move pretty well on offense and uh, can put defenders in tough situations and later in the playoffs and get really good mismatches, then I think they're going to be in for a lot of success. I know he popped off for uh, 20, 28 points this summer league after having uh, struggling his first two games. So I think I see some promise in him. Um, yeah. We'll see what he does on defense, though. That's the only thing I've got uh, for yeah. that. Otherwise, I think it's a really solid pickup from them. Definitely some great positives. And a lot of that, like we said, could be attributed to heat culture. But then – I want to talk about kind of the negatives of their team. You look at this team top to bottom and I don't really want to put this harshly or in like some disrespectful way, but their team isn't like super talented, quote unquote. Their team is just like, obviously you got Jimmy Butler who, if you, if you look at Jimmy Butler, he's not, he's not going to break you down off the dribble. He's not going to hit a bunch of threes like Steph Curry in your face. It's not going to be crafty at the room. He's just going to either power through you be very fundamental, hit tough mid-range shots, hit tough post fadeaways, but he's not like, the, in essence, a, skill, a super skilled offensive player. Same with Bam yeah. Adebayo. Bam Adebayo works out of the post. He can hit the mid-range shot at times, but he's not like as skilled as a Carl Anthony Towns or Joel Embiid or Jokic. So, and then off the, the, I would say the most talented player is Tyler Hero, who can score in a variety of ways, but even he has his lapses on defense and uh, you saw in the playoffs that he did suffer with injuries, but he wasn't consistent throughout the, the playoffs. And Duncan Robinson, more of a, just a spot-up shooter. Max Drews, he's, like you Max said, 3 and D. But none of these players are super skilled except maybe Tyler Hero. And I think that is kind of, that and along with their dysfunctional half-court offense and that they never skipped the ball. They never had any off, off-ball movement. It was just pick and roll or some early ball, early... Uh, offense movement and then into an isolation they didn't really have much off-ball movement in the half-court offense so I think that was kind of their demise because Boston was able to easily shut them down in the in clutch situations and secondly I just want to point out that they don't really have a number two option I mean even if you want to consider Jimmy Butler a two option they, even though this year he averaged 30 in the playoffs so he's probably number one option in many people's eyes they don't really have a number two bam he, they, they, I think Miami wants him to be that number two option, but I don't think he's like that offensively gifted yet to be that reliable number two option. So I think in, in the offseason, they should definitely go after a scoring first guard or another forward maybe that can definitely get some buckets. So something I forgot to touch on, 
when I was doing my positive analysis of the Heat. I mean, they're number one in the NBA for scoring off the bench. I mean, with a guy like Tyler Hero averaging 20 off the bench, I mean, six man of the year, that's to be expected. But you can also almost see that as a fault of theirs, considering they still only scored 110 points per game, 17th in the NBA. Um, uh, something to look at for next season, though, is with the loss of P.J. Tucker, where they're going to put Tyler Hero in the rotation. I mean, obviously, they're probably going to want to keep him at a six-man position just because he excelled so well there this year. Uh, that'd be something interesting to look at, how if they're going to incorporate him into the starting lineup at times or if they're going to keep him where he's at right now. One other glaring problem that this team has was the Heat don't really have that much depth at the center position where all they have, they have Bam, who's arguably top five center in the league. Like you said, might be the best rim protector in the league, best defensive center in the league. He's definitely got a case for it. So he's definitely a fantastic player, but he can't play all 48 minutes. And then you got a player like Dwayne Denman, where no no shade to him, but he's not backup center Good. worthy no for Bam. a championship team. Ain't no Bam. Ain't no Bam. So if this team really wants to excel, take that jump to the next level, and that's that's why this promising young six ten rookie um, is so exciting for this team. We'll see how he fits, and you know he's six ten, so maybe they'll use that height, even though with his skill set, somewhere necessary where they need it. But maybe make some off season moves, maybe sign a free agent, maybe make some deals, which we'll get into. But I just wanted to touch on that because that just came to my brain. And speaking of off season moves, let's get to those real quick. Boom! Looking at, Segway. Looking at their looking <laughs> looking at their salary issues. Kyle Lowry is making almost thirty million a year, and he's that's... a chump. <laughs> he's, making a butt, he's making a buttload of money. Kyle Lowry, twenty twenty eight, twenty nine million dollars a year. Uh, he's definitely declining as a player, and his athleticism, his effects on the game, as we saw in the playoffs, he's not shooting. He's not the same shooter, not the same playmaker. He's still a tenacious defender, but he's not the same on that end of the floor. So. Maybe looking to move him for a, a better piece who can definitely be a better option, who can be a more contributing player than Kyle Lowry. And then secondly, Duncan Robinson, he's making $17 million a year. But as we said, that the Heat offense doesn't really generate movement like a Warriors offense where they have Steph Curry running around screens and Clay Thompson running around screens. So Duncan Robinson kind of just sits in the corner and waits waits to get the ball from uh, the help defense or a kick out from Jim Butler or Bam or somebody. So... I don't know if he has, like, he obviously he's a great shooter, but is a shooter like himself worth $17 million or is he kind of replaceable in that aspect? Free agency, they re-signed Dwayne Dedman, they re-signed Caleb Martin, and they re-signed Victor Oladipo, which is a good pickup for them, another backup point guard. And unfortunately, though, they lost Peter Tucker, like we mentioned, to the 76ers. Uh, that kind of, they lose kind of a defensive edge there, so they might have to regain that in some way, shape, or form. Let's just move on to trades because... Let's With do Miami, it. there's an abundant amount of trades. Ooh, that can there be done. is a. You've got a lot of guys lot. to get rid of that hold too much of your salary. Uh, yeah. Come up with a lot of ideas. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I'm gonna. I'm, I'll just start with this first trade, and then we can move on from there. But I think this this should be the pro, this and another player should be the two key players that they should be targeting. The first player is Kyrie Irving from the Brooklyn Nets, and though. Brooklyn does not really have an intention of trading Kyrie right now because he just picked up his player option. The KD situation is shaky, but they're looking to bring him back. I I think uh, with a player like Kyrie, who is, is the offensive talent in the league, he's probably the most skilled player, one of the most skilled players of all time, can of all time. do everything offensively. He's a go-get-a-bucket guy that Miami needs, and he can take the pressure off Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and he can go get a bucket. This trade would involve trading um, Kyle Lowry, 
Duncan Robinson and the rookie Nikola Jovic and some picks for Kyrie. What do you guys think about that? I can I not against that trade. I want I, I don't know. Not. If I'm the Heat, I'm looking at Kyrie and Katie's off the I mean Kyrie's off the court struggles. I mean, if you're going with a win now mindset as the Heat, I'd say go for it. But I think we're seeing time and time again, even in the Brooklyn Nets situation, that's just not working. It may have worked uh, for the Heat just because they got put in a good situation with LeBron in the past. But I think they should look around the NBA and say that's probably not going to work considering he hasn't played a full season. And I don't even remember how long for one thing. And there's no telling when he's going to decide that he wants to play. I mean, he ate millions and millions of dollars last season and he just didn't seem to care. Mm -hmm. He he just didn't play. And as a Heat where you've got an involved organization that, uh, I mean, is involved in the lives of the players – trying to hold them accountable how's Kyrie going to react to something like that is he really going to be all for that I don't think yeah. he I just don't think he's going to be 10 toes uh like a guy like Jimmy Butler is I just don't know if that's uh and the best option right now that that's that's a really good point and we've talked extensively about this heat culture how will Kyrie Irving fit into that has he think back in his career has he ever fit into this heat culture that we've ex- like explained this episode is he that grit and grime type of guy? Get on the floor, have your brother's back. I think he has sparks of that. But then you got the Kyrie Irving that like the Ramadan Kyrie, the the vaccine mandate Kyrie, and just how many games did he play last year? Like less than, how many games has he half. played total? I mean, not enough. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like in the past yeah. like three years, it's crazy. I yeah, that's two great points by you, Fred and Max. And though Kyrie, like like I said, is the offensive superstar that the Miami could use, is he is his off court stuff worth it? I'll, we'll let the viewers decide on that one. And then secondly, this trade is probably like the most shoot your shot kind of trade. Probably gonna get rejected, but it's all right. He get Kevin Durant. They trade Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry. Duncan Robinson and Nikolaevich, and at least four first-round picks. And if Brooklyn didn't accept the Boston trade or the other trades from Phoenix, they're definitely not going to accept this trade. So it's kind of eh, eh, kind of trade, whatever. Throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you have a chance for the Storm Reaper, you have to take it if you're the Heat. Yeah, I don't really sure. care about his off-the-court issues. He's probably the – I mean, you said Kyrie's the most skilled. I'd say he's almost as skilled as Kyrie, but he's seven feet tall. Yeah. So that just kind of helps him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, yeah. if if they ever if the Heat do get him with and they keep their core with the Bam and Jimmy, that would be that would be insane for Miami. But yeah, yeah. So this next trade would include acquiring this other player I was talking about, similar to Kyrie. The Heat should go and target Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz. And I know what you're thinking, Donovan's. Definitely probably going to the Knicks. The Utah, Utah, and uh, New York have talked about that. But Miami has definitely been a strong contender throughout these these entire trade talks with Donovan. And I think with the assets Miami has and the, the the young assets Miami has, I think they should definitely make a push for Donovan. Utah would get Tyler Hero, so another young scorer, which uh, Utah would definitely value. Kyle Lowry, which is just a contract filler, and then Nikola Jovic, like we talked about, a young six eleven guard forward wing whatever he is and then three first round picks so what do you guys think about that i don't know uh if i'm the heat i'm looking at you're losing 20 a game with tyler hero and you're gaining maybe 20 a game with donovan mitchell 
needs that go get a bucket getter they're looking for right now. But I think that they'd have a better chance of free agency if they're trying to win. I think if they go for him in a trade, they're just going to end up giving up too much for him because of his contract. Um, I just don't think he's worth that much right now. I, you got you to gotta ask yourself kind of what Max just said. Is You got to do some soul, ser- soul searching. The fact that are you willing to give up all these players plus three future first round picks? Um, I know picks are just arbitrary, but like in this instance, are you willing to give up three, you know, prospects along with two proven all-stars and then this promising young rookie? Is that worth it for a dynamic young scorer and Donovan Mitchell? I don't know. Out of the three trades so far, I think this is the least plausible. And I, I don't see the Heat really doing this. I don't really see them giving up. They've done so much to build build the roster that they have now. I don't see them really giving that up for a player like Donovan Mitchell. I see them giving that up for a player like Kevin Durant or maybe a Kyrie Irving, but I don't see it for Donovan personally. Per- me personally, though the Heat are giving up a steep price, I don't think you realize how good Donovan Mitchell is. And personally, I think I'm more of like a – if you're getting a proven player who's a, a perennial, who will be a perennial all-star, who's averaging over 25 points a game consistently, and who's an offensive superstar, is will, he can easily fit into heat culture and buy into that culture of working, having your teammates back. And Donovan is definitely, he's the, he is that, he is that guy. He is a pure scorer who can, who can get a bucket whenever he wants. So me personally, I like this trade. I, the only reason why I wouldn't do the, I would rather have Kyrie just because I think Kyrie's a better player at this point in their careers. But if you don't want to deal with the off-court drama, I think this is a really good second option. And you're getting rid of Kyle Lowry's aging old contract. And, but but you do get rid of Tyler Hero, which is a definitely definitely a negative. But I think it's worth the price. And we don't even know if Nikola Jovic will pan out to be a good player. Yeah, he's, so, he's very unproven. So you got a proven all-star and Donovan Mitchell, a pure scorer, who can get a bucket whenever you need, play off the ball. He, he fit into heat culture seamlessly, and you get rid of uh, Kyle Lowry's contract, Tyler Hero, who's probably the biggest loss, and then a player, a non-proven player in Jovic, and maybe three picks who could be good. Who knows? So Who knows? Yeah. We got a few more trades. So next trade, Miami gets CJ McCollum, Jackson Hayes, this solid center scoring and backup center issue. New Orleans gets Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Nikola Jovic and Omer Yurt Seven, who's another young player on a young center uh, behind Dwayne Dedman and some picks. So this trade, it's, it's probably not that plausible. I don't think New Orleans is going to do this trade because I think they want to keep the kind of core with McCollum, Zion, and uh, Brandon Ingram. But I think if the Miami could pull this trade off, it'd be really good for them. Uh, this is my personal favorite trade on the board. Obviously, like you said, I mean, they just traded for McCollum, so I doubt they give him up. But mm-hmm. if this is even a possibility, I think the Heat have to push for this. Like yeah. you said, they're solving uh, – they're not giving up Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. or Bam, and they're getting CJ McCollum and Jackson Hayes. Like you just said, I mean, that solves their depth issue at center that we've been talking about. And then CJ McCollum, very underrated score. Um, he's a pretty good outside perimeter shooter. He gets yeah. those – he can get some mid-range buckets just like his teammates that you would have on the Heat – underrated score as position i mean i just don't know if you can pass it up through the heat obviously like we said i mean they just traded for him so i doubt uh that'll pan through but if it did that's my personal favorite trade on the board right now yeah that, that was well said that was actually a lot what i was going to say just we've talked about the problems this trade fixes their problems it's really that simple next trade 
Uh, this should uh, entail the Heat getting De'Aaron Fox and Sacramento get Kyle Lowry, Nikola Jovic. Obviously, you see, you see Kyle Lowry and Jovic in a lot of trades just because they're the two most expendable assets at this point because Jovic, a young, versatile player who has a lot, who has a good amount of potential, and Kyle Lowry, who can, you can pair with Jovic, who is a larger contract to match up with the salaries. So that kind of, yeah. that kind of pairing is kind of important with all these trades. So Kyle Lowry, Jovic, Omer Yurt seven, and so picks for Darren Fox. And if if you haven't watched our Kings episode, we might this might be uploaded before that. Not too sure, but whenever whenever our Kings episode gets uploaded, watch that. You'll see that with uh, the monster Sabonis, the Aaron Fox averaged nearly thirty points a game in the last half of the season. So he just because he plays ball. in Sacramento, just because he plays in Sacramento, that brother mean, is a baller. That does yeah exactly. He went to Kentucky. He. Play, though, though he plays in Sacramento, he's a still a bucket. So didn't he I play with that, Bam in Kentucky? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Was it something Bam and Luke about. Monk or something like that? I don't know. Yeah. I just remember seeing that interview with him and Bam after they lost, yeah. and he's like, "Y'all thought, you thought I didn't care about this game, man. That's all we care about." Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. Yeah. That would be that reunion would be hype, not for sure. That would be so, hype. Yeah. And then I feel like we gotta keep the tradition going. Like, would this? player fit into heat culture i, could I think see, you, i can see it happening i can see I, it. I honestly think good yeah because he he's, he's been he's been uh he's been grinding all his life kind of with at least yeah. with sacramento he hasn't got the recognition he deserves and with heat culture he's just ready to work ready to ready to get that recognition he deserves and ready to win a championship so i think that yeah. that combination of things could definitely be plausible this final trade would uh deal with our hometown Cavs. the heat could get colin sexton who if you guys don't know, Colin Sexton is a bucket. He could get Colin bucket. Sexton. And the Cavs could get Duncan Robinson and Nikola Jovic and maybe some picks. And like we said, Colin Sexton is a bucket. Heat need offensive scoring. He could definitely help out. If they ever want to move Tyler Hero to the starting shooting guard with trading P.J. Tucker that kind of opens a spot in the in the starting lineup, if they wanted to move Tyler Hero there, they could do that seamlessly and have still have a lot of bench output with Colin Sexton. And um, the Cavs could get Duncan Robinson, a shooter. We kind of need some outside scoring. And Nikola Jovic, a young player. And if he ever does blossom into a a guard type of player, a guard forward type of player at his height, that would be lethal for the Cavs. Imagine a lineup. Just just imagine. Just imagine a lineup of Dude, just the Dar- Giants. <laughs> Darius Garland, Nikola Jovic, Laurie Markkinen, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. <laughs> just imagine that. And off the oh bench, you gosh. got Kevin Love. Off the bench, you have Kevin Love and like, I Kevin love Kevin Love, Taco Fall. Yeah, oh my dude, this is this is one of those trades that you see. You don't see that often in the NBA nowadays. I feel like where it's beneficial to both teams. Cavs are trying yeah. to dump uh, Colin Sexton right now because they've got Darius Garland. They just don't really need him. Yeah. And uh, the Heat are looking for someone exactly like Colin Sexton who's willing to bet on himself, uh, mm-hmm. buy into what they have, and uh, be like their number one or two option that they really we'll need. Relieve some of the pressure scoring. that Jimmy has. Yeah. 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 So, Max, do you like the you, you like the New Orleans trade? Fred, did you have a specific trade you liked in mind? I don't want to be that guy, but it's the New Orleans trade for this for the sole reason that yeah, okay, yeah, if they could get Kyrie Irving, if they could get Kevin Durant, no, that's awesome. Oh, everyone's awesome. If they get Donovan Mitchell, kind of same thing. But the the New Orleans trade with Jackson Hayes, Jackson Hayes and CJ McCollum. I think that would benefit the team the most. The only reason why I'm not, I'm just going to disagree with you for the sake of disagreeing. I think that would yeah. be the most complete trade for Miami, but I just don't think it's the most plausible trade because I don't think New Orleans 
accepts that unless That's you're throwing thing, like yeah. unless you're throwing like three first round picks or for some reason I would not do that if I was Miami. But I would I, I would like to see Donovan Mitchell in a in a successful and like a, a gritty system like Miami where he could be the well he could be their secondary slash primary scorer if depends on how Jimmy's that would be that would be interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah I would like to sure. see the dynamic. With him yeah. not having to be the best player and him having a, a solid overall defense rather than just Rudy Gobert at the back line. So I think yeah. that'd be interesting to see for sure. That kind of that kind of just does it about for Miami. Just about. Yeah. yeah. How, Max, how are you feel? feeling, Max? I, I, feel uh, I mean, I feel good. I think Miami's just going to be a contender again next year. I don't see them yeah. really losing a step. P.J. Tucker is a big loss for them. But I think... I think they'll make up for it. They could yeah. make an off-season trade or off-season move here soon, but if even if they don't, like, I think they're fine. Most realistic trade for them, I'd say, is for Colin Sexton, just because both mm-hmm. teams are trying to dump players or both are interested. Cavs yeah. are trying to dump somebody and he are trying to pick somebody up. So I think that there's that's their most realistic trade. Um, other than that, I mean, the Heat are always going to have a shot. Uh, when yeah. you've got guys like Jimmy Butler and Dunk and um, Bam Adebayo on the team, uh, they, I mean, the Heat will find people to surround them with. You find guy, random guys like Max Struess or Duncan Robinson. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that for the rest of the time that they're there and the Heat are willing to build around them, that they'll mm-hmm. be contenders. Fred, you want to shout out? Yeah, let's do it. Instagram time, boys! Everyone, <laughs> please, 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 please. It would mean the world to us. Even Max. <laughs> and he's just a guest host. Just go on Instagram and look up the Pick and Roll podcast. I'm going to do it right now because I don't even think I follow you guys. Just, if you don't, I'm literally. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. If you actually. <laughs> hold on, hold on. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> say it again. Hold on. Say it again. Say it again. Do your the, pick the... and roll. The pick and oh, roll okay. podcast it's creative underscore all one word. See, this is very practical, guys. You can yeah, look, dude, just look, just follow Max, bro. Oh, I already follow them, but here it is. Yeah, I was gonna say, ain't no way very you nice. Don't. We always appreciate you coming on the show. You're welcome anytime. It was an honor to have you here. Anytime. And yeah, bro, that's a wrap.